um, again, we'll have an introduction for the, for the people that this is their um, first time here. Uh, we, uh, back, back home, we have a, have a Malka, a formula of Malka once a month, and I try to speak about a Godel whose um, urine site would be the following month. I felt it's important to know biographies and histories and so much not known, and, um, and therefore, every, every time we speak about somebody whose yard site is going to be the coming month. Um, so this, this time we'll speak about Reb Shriragoyim, and um, I think I'll, I, I would like to give a lot of historical background, because I don't think people know what a Goyen is exactly, and we'll try to explain it. Um, one more thing that I try to be macbeth on is um, there's no way if Shirokoyan died in the year 1030 or so in, in that, that range, 1006 I think he died, 1006. Um, that's well over a thousand years ago. There's no way I can remember it. There's no way any story anybody said could possibly be accurate. So I always try to um, preface my remarks, where am I getting my material from? So the, the place that puts it together the best is somebody, his name is Rabbi Yamin Moshe Levine. Um, if you ever seen, there's this big set of Browns Forum, Otsar Geonim. It has a collection of everything Geonim, all the Geonim written on the Mesechtis. He did about two-thirds of Shas, and some other people continued. He was Nifta. He was a firm person, an academic. He passed away in 1944. And... Um, his, his life work was around Gaonim. He wrote a monograph about Reb um, And the vast majority of everything that he writes, he took from Reb own writing. Uh, that's the only thing that's usually genuine, is what the person wrote himself. So um, that's where I'm getting my information from. There is a little bit in another Sefer, which is a very early Rishon. There's a Sefer called Sefer Kabbalah, from the Ravid, not the Ravid that you're familiar with, but the Ravid known as the first Ravid. He was a historian, a philosopher, and, but, but academics have called his Sefer Kabbalah into question as far as how accurate it is. There's a lot of inaccuracies. So he writes one thing actually, and that's about Rav Shirogoyim, which is questionable for many reasons, but I'll put him, those are the Mikoros, that's why I think it's just important to give it over. Let's understand what this whole, there's a tkufa of together total about 600 years or so in Kalei's history that we really know very little about. Um, the last Amorim were Nifta somewhere in the 400s. Um, from that point, so again, I'm taking very round numbers, but just make it easy to remember. From 450 to 600, there was a, a, a tkufa known as Rabbanus Vuroi. These were Rabbanim who basically they, they, they finalized to some degree the Talmud Babli and there are two, three, four, five places where the Rishonim write that this was included by them. The whole long sugi, the beginning of Ketushin, Rishonim write that this was through Rabbanus Vuroi. They, 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 they finalized sort of the Shas and basically, here and there, there's an addition. Some claim that wherever it says 
wherever there's a halacha that's, that's written later than, than could be in the Gemara, like Behilchas, like this, this person, that was an addition by Rabban Suray. We know little about it. From about 600 to 1,050 or so was a tkufa called Geonim. And let's understand a little bit who they were and what they were and, and what they did. And Shurigan was the one before the last Geon. His son, Reb Haigon, was the one who actually um, finalized um, the, the Kufa Gaonim, and then it was Rishonim afterwards. The Jews were mostly living in Babel. Remember, in the time of the Gemara, Babel was the center, and that's where most of the Torah took place, and the, 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 the Jews lived mostly in Babel and that Kufa, uh, which is present-day Iraq, more or less. Now, um, the two great Torah centers were Sura and Pompadisa. And they were near Baghdad. I, I, you know, I, I, it, I, didn't know, I don't know exactly how many miles, but it, it's for us, it's, it's, it's kind of close to the Baghdad area in Iraq. That's where these two great uh, Torah academies were. They were very different. They weren't yeshivas, per se. They were, um, they were Torah centers. They were academic centers. So the, the biggest Tamir HaChamim belonged to a yeshiva. Twice a year, the head of the yeshiva was called a Gaon. Twice a year, the yeshivas, the, the, um, the HaChamim would get together in Adar and Elul. They were, those were called Yarech and Akala. And all the Shailas that had, so he, the Goyen would test the Tamir HaChamim. All the Shailas that had piled up, they would ask, they would write off Tshuvas, they would make Takanis. It, it was sort of the Torah center, with the Gon being the head of the Torah center. That was more or less the way things were. Most of the Jews lived in bubble, and over the next few hundred years, they slowly began creeping outwards west towards North Africa and Spain eventually, and north going to um, Italy, um, and, and moving into France and Germany, where, where you then have the next proof that we've shown them and so on. But, but at that time, most of the time, they were still the Torah Center. There were two, there were two um, focal points of power. There was somebody called the Reish Galusa, the Reish Agola. He was a lay person, usually wealthy, powerful, and he was like the lay head of, of the Jewish people, sort of like the king, sort of. And the Goon was the head of the yeshiva, and, and there was a lot of struggle a lot of times. These Reish Galusas used to, you had to, he had to agree to a certain Gaon becoming the Gaon. And if he didn't agree, he couldn't. Sometimes it was a power struggle, um, and it wasn't always positive. The, the Rav Shirogon writes about himself, and, we'll, get this, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll soon get to where he writes it, that his ancestors came from David HaMelech. They were Reish Galusas, but they got sick and tired of the terrible things Reish Galusas did. They resigned the positions in that area, and then eventually they became a gone, and so on and so forth. That, that's what he writes about. Um, but you had that. 
the Gorn also had to be approved by the Pasha, by the local Muslim ruler. That was another source of power. There was, they, 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 you know, since this was a powerful position, they, it, it had to be done, it had to be cleared with him. So these were the centers of, of, of Torah. Um, now, what we have from the Rabbanus Heroi, we have really nothing much left. Uh, except whatever additions they made in, in Shas that we, you know, we, we guess, but that's it. The, um, the Geonim wrote a lot of shuvas. People would ask them all sorts of things, and they would answer. Uh, they, they rarely put together a sefer. There's very, very rarely, uh, there, there are very few real sfarim for that kufa. But there are tens of thousands of these little letters. They're lying in the Gnesis, like in Cairo and all these places, where you will have a brief letter answering something or other. The um, so so those they were, those letters have been printed in different places, um, and this Otsagonim actually tried to put them together. Uh, you know, whatever was available, put together the Fidim Sechta. They stood out in a few ways. First of all, the Geonim spoke Aramaic naturally, and the language they wrote was Aramaic. It's a little bit of a different Aramaic than the Gemara. It's kind of it's a cute version. It's different, a little bit different, and it takes a while to get a hang. It's, it's kind of very terse, and it takes a while to get a hang of what's being said. Secondly, they did not engage in pilpul. In other words, if you look at a Taisvis, so Taisvis has a problem with Sugya. He says a point, he brings two Rayas, he asks a cash on the Raya, he says, maybe we can try this. You, you get, it's a logical um, construct. You, 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 you get a whole logical back and forth on it. The Gonim answered, that's it. They, they answered, this is it, this is the way it was, this is where we have Misora. This is how it's been done. This is pshat. That's the type of, of, of trubis you get from the Gonim. You do not get the same type. It's, it's Tosvis, Narashman, Ramban, and all these forum are very similar. There's, there's, it's a give and take, a logical give and take. But the Gonim's, um, the Gonim's uh, answers are very, very brief and usually just authoritative. The, the Rashman and others when they write about the Gaonim and why we defer to them, they say, In other words, they, were, they worked very hard on keeping the Mesoris, and therefore they basically were saying over things that they knew. They basically were clarifying. They, they learned with Trenis Asmada, they absorbed all information, and they basically told us, this is the way we learned it. This is the way it's been, and this, and, and this is it. So, so the flavor of what they say is very authoritative. You know, this is what it is, this is what's Nohuk, this is how we have it in Kabbalah, this is Pshat, and so on. The, and, and it was accepted by the Rishonim as such, because it's, you can't argue with it. In other words, since basically they're saying over what they have in Mesorahs, it's very hard to argue with it. So the vast majority of the Gaonim's writings are this type. It's a lot of times it's 
how to translate a certain word. What does a certain thing mean? Understand, these people were still living in the reality of the Gemara. They were living in Babel. Technology hadn't advanced terribly from the year 200 to the year 700. There was no difference in technology, really. So everything was the same, and they just need to clarify things. The, there are a few exceptions that we have from the Gaonim's period that's worth noting. We have our first safer of philosophy, Repsadigor Zemunas Fideus, that presents uh, a philosophical exposition of different important questions in Yiddishkeit. We have Seder of Amram Goyen, which Reb Amram, they asked him, they sent him in and asked him, um, could you um, tell us about the Nusach of the Siddha? And he wrote out a whole sitter for them um, from A to Z, and he sent it back in a letter. Um, the, 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 that sitter actually is, a, is an important, it's a prototype for this Hashkenaz. It also has so many different versions of it that it's very hard to figure out authoritatively what it was. It has about as many versions as there are Nuschos of Philip. So, so it, it's hard to say if it's definitive, but it definitely gives you a, a picture of what it was like. Another thing that they, they would always speak about Minhagim, they would say, Minak Shteya Yeshivas. Minak Shteya Yeshivas, they're referring to Surah and Pompadisa. The Minhagim and those Yeshivas were considered to be Bedrak Minhagim. So we have Repsadi Gorns and Mosvideus. We have Amram Gorns, Siddha. We have Halachis Gedolos. We have some Piske Halachis, which is very unclear where it's coming from. And finally, we have um, a letter that Rav Shirogorin wrote that is the foundation of Jewish history for us. They sent in a question to Rav Shirogorin from Kirwan. Kirwan was a city in Tunisia, and it already marked the expansion of uh, it, it marked the expansion of uh, the Jews began moving towards North Africa. And in Kirwan, there was a big community. They also had yeshiva, they had their own. Um, gradually speaking, these, um, there were ups and downs in these yeshivas. And a lot of them had, uh, you know, there were times were better or worse. But at this time already, A, Jews were beginning to spread out, which means that Bavel would stop becoming the center of Yiddishkeit, which happened when Spain and France and Germany and the Skufid Rishonim began to take priority. Rashi, Postvis, um, Ramban, and so on. So, so they, they lost it, and they, and they took over. But the people in Kirwan sent a letter to Shirogoyen. Tell us how the Mishnah was constructed. Now, it wasn't because they had time on their hands, there was a reason why they, why they asked. The biggest religious enemy of the Jewish, or adversary of the Jewish people during the Tkufa of the Gaonim were the Karoim. The Karoim were the force, they, they, were, they were, so to speak, the ones that fought us on Yiddishkeit. And they insisted that 
the Mishnayas that the Torah Shabal Peh um, was um, not was added by the by the Rabbanim, and Torah Shabik Sav is what it what, what's true, and anything any anybody that a smart man says that Torah Shabik Sav is right, they had different shittas and a lot of argument, and they were persuasive. So um, this was a bone of contention, and they sent in asking him how did the mission get started. Now. Um, some people had written that the Mishnah was already written down, that Rabbein HaKadosh wrote the Mishnah down. He argues on that point strongly. And he says that the Mishnah was oral. Many parts of the Mishnah, in other words, the Mishnayas were oral transmissions from Sinai. There were different memories from different people that were already and from the earliest Kufis, the Mishnah, Rabbeinu HaKadosh was just misfattered. He, In other words, what's left in, what's left out, um, he would add here and there uh, a line of explanation, and he'd point like Elashek for Umru and things of that nature. Sometimes when you read it, you can see it's as if someone added a line. That was Rabbeinu HaKadosh's, um, that was Rabbeinu HaKadosh's uh, edition. And everything, else, and it wasn't written until much later. That's more or less, and he goes through the Gemaras that deal with different generations of Tanaim Lamaraim and, and explains them from a historical perspective. It's not, it's, 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 it's somewhere between a very long essay to a mini book. That's the length of it. So, A, it, it, it gives a fleshed out understanding of the Mesorah of Torah and, you know, who could add, who could not add. That's the first part of it. it it's, it's written in a very terse language, but if, if, you, if you chew it up and, and so on, you, will, um, you can get to it. There are actually two versions of it, uh, a, a, a French and Spanish version. They don't always the same, and a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of research has been done which is right, which is better, which is whatever, but that's the first part of it. The second part of it is incredible it's the only real record we have of all the heads of these Mesiftis from the end of the Maroyim until his time. There was, there was, um, he, he writes it. And he writes every, um, he writes every gone that was there, when he became, what happened, and so on and so forth. It, it stands out in many ways. It, it, first of all, He's extremely careful on writing how well he knows what he's writing. Certain things he'll write 100%, he'll write, this is the way it was. Certain things he'll write, it was said. Certain things he'll write, I heard. And there are places where he writes, I really don't know much between this and this. It's an extraordinarily... Um, I would say it's searingly honest. You know, he was writing it with a, with a tachlis. He wanted, this was going to be the document to prove Mr. Zatora vis-a-vis the, the Karaites. And yet he doesn't fudge. If he doesn't know, he says, from this, this, and this, I really don't know. That's, so one aspect of what he writes is, is, is the way he treats 
he doesn't just say stories or what happened. He says, this we know, this is sure, this, is, this came from, 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 from Sinai, this I heard, this is what people say, very medayik in his Lashonos about the level of how, how a verification of, 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 of every single point that he makes. Some other interesting points about this, about the Shurgar's letter. He discusses some political fights. In other words, where the Rish Galusa got involved and where people who had money and were powerful got involved and did things they shouldn't do um, and, and stopped this person from becoming that person, the other one. That's, that's very, very frank and open about that. He writes about himself that there was a certain goal that he really did not care for, and he felt, somebody in his time, a contemporary, he felt he shouldn't be a Gon, and, and it was only after he died that the Shurigon took over, and, and he writes it. Uh, I'm, I'm very, very outspoken, writes about different people, and different machlokas. Um, a lot of times there was bad blood between the two yeshivas, he was from from Bedisa, and he had many arguments, but then in the end, Rashon Hafni, who was the guy, and the other one says in, in his last years, we made up, we were very close friends, and so on and so forth. He has one interesting story that he writes, it is said that there was a certain Gon who was supposed to be next in line. He was the biggest Hamkachim by far, but <coughs> there was a dream to take someone else who was a very big tzaddik. He was like the second one, but he was a very big tzaddik. He became the Gon. And one day at Shir, he asked the Olam to move because they're crowding out the person sitting next to him. There was nobody sitting next to him, and they realized it must be Eliyar Navi, and from that time there's a seat for Eliyar Navi there. Um, it's the only, it's so, it's so out of the blue in it. It's like, it's, that's not the, the simple story. It's, 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 it's fascinating the way he, he, he writes it, and he says it. He himself became a Gon at the age of 60. Um, he was in Pompadisa, the place was falling apart, fell apart, and he rejuvenated it because he was such an impressive figure. Um, it was, it, it, it rebuilt and it became very prominent. Tosus actually quotes the Gersh of Shirgon in these two places. And you see how reliable they felt his work was. Um, they, um, he writes a story. He says, in this, in this time, um, since this was happening, it, it, women um, were using, they were running off with Goyim and forcing their husband to take the get and so on. They made a takana that you give a get immediately and so on. They made a takana that you collect, uh, I believe, collecting scuba from a Talton maybe. And Tosus brings both of them. So, so this is written in a letter that's nominally history, and the things that Rav Shirgoyen writes, Agavurcha, became Piske Halachas. That, that's that's the, the strength with which um, Divri Gaonim was, that if he said it, even if he said it as a, a, a sort of a side comment on something else, this became Psak. Tosus brings it. Um, he was a Goyen, he, he became a Goyen at the age of 60. He lived to be over 100. Um, it, 
it, the end, it's not clear. Um, there's, there's, it, it's, it's not clear about how he died. On the one hand, the Sefer Kabbalah brings, and it's contested how accurate it is. He says that he got in, it, it is true, he got into a fight with the local government, but the governor, it wasn't, wasn't hard to get into fights with these people, and he was right of him terribly. That, that all is, is not a, that, that, that's par, par for the course. But it, he, it says he was hung by one hand. Like he was tortured, he, he, they, he, they hung him by one hand, and that's, and that's how he, he died. And uh, they bring, they, they, the Chidor um, brings B'Shem Darizal that he said, the room is the Pasuk Sorem B'Yad Nitlu. Dr. Levine, who put, who put it out, he, he has a lot of, he says there's no other place that anything like it. It says different places, different things. And he would suggest to Girsa that it's not Nitla B'Yad but Nechla B'Yad He got sick in the hand and then it spread and so on and so forth. But be it as it may, he lived to be over 100. His son of Haigon took over. His yard site is Ches Tishrei. There's a Masoros, it's written somewhere else, the following. And again, it's hard to know, this is also written in, in, in a Rishon somewhere, that uh, Davudrom writes this, that on the week that it was Nifta, they, they read Parshat Pinchas, Yifkar Hashem Ruchos, and they read the Aptera of, you know, Melach David Zakein, and they said, they substituted for Shlomo, they substituted, your son Haigon will take over. It, it's hard, first of all, Pinchas and, and Melach David Zakein are not the same week. Is far one is one is one is in in, in, in Bracious and one is in 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 the summer in Pinchas. Um, did they make a special Kriyas Torah for that? And it's, we 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 know Mechas Tishrei is a pretty fast date, so hard to, to to see where that comes from. But I'll go upon him. Um, that's that's one other piece that we have about him. He he was Nifter in 2006. His son Rav Haigon took over. And that was basically the chasim of the Tkufus Agaoni. So Rav Shirgoyen is really um, sort of the last, him and his son of Hai were like the last burst of sunlight in, in the Gaonim's period. They had been much, much falling apart and so on, and they really were the ones that brought it back for a final moment of glory. Um, Rav Shirgoyen's Igeris gives us the, the real, the, the, almost the only clear timeline of the Mesorus of Torah for 600 years or so, from the year 450 till the year 1050, more or less. That's the only clear document that we have. And everything else, so when we find different shuvas, different things, we know exactly where to put each one in place. Um, it says in, it says in um, the Gemara, it says, Yivol, that even Sikhas Khulan of Tamikacham and Sarah Talmud. So he wrote a letter of history, basically outlining the different things. And Taisis learns two alakas from it. Because the, the Gaonim um, were were really the um, every word is there is counted. They they that's the way they were. It's the last phase 
of Torah in Kalei Yisrael that still had a semblance of Mesorah Torah. From the Rishonim onwards, it all, the, the, the Psak rests on how good of a case you can make from it. No one, no one says, I have it for Mesorah anymore. That's gone. The, the last ones that said we have Mesorah were the Gonim. They, they still lived in the place of Gemara. They, they, they kept the Mesorah. Their whole Matthias was to preserve the Mesorah come all the way it should be. And with Reb Shirgoin and then his son of Haigon, that, that came to an end. Joseph is Chastishrei, and um, it's, 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 it's an incredible window into a huge Kuf and Kaleisol that were kind of uh, uh, in, the, in the blind. It's, we don't know, Hashem.